Welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always by Barnabas Piper. Pipe, we are uh, we are getting used to a Ronless environment. No text from Big R, no uh, no contributions uh, here on the program. But we look forward to welcoming him back in April when we convene for Live in Louisville Two together for the rant. So, Piper, we have some special um, some special codes, some special uh, kind of insider discounts for people in our tribe. So, why don't you lay those on us? We do. Uh, so first, let me let me start off with a, a longtime partner of ours who we don't we don't mention a ton because we're not running a lot of special deals, but they are our our constant provider of any happy rant swag that you want, and that's missional wear. Um, we probably should give them a little bit more love than we do because that's where you can find all your moleskins, your yetis, mm-hmm. your ceramic mugs, your uh, what else do they have? They have t-shirts, they have all sorts of stuff that is happy rant branded. Um, and if you use the code RANT at Missional Wear, you'll get 10% off any of our gear. And that's just sort of a constant ongoing deal. Periodically, they might switch it up, and that might be free shipping or something like that. But the code RANT will always work on our stuff at Missional Wear. So go to missionalwear.com, check that out. Um, and all of this that I'm about to say will be in our show notes when it goes up. So if you can't remember what these are, it'll all be there. So again, code RANT at Missional Wear. Check that out. The second one is, as uh, as Ted mentioned, we have our upcoming live event in April, which will be Ronnie's grand return from from sabbaticaling, which huge, I think, which I think is huge. a verb. I think you can sabbatical, not just go on a sabbatical. Dude, and, what do you think Bigar's doing right now? Well, since he's two hours earlier than we are, my guess is he is staring. Uh, he's probably sitting on a deck somewhere with his feet mm. up, considering snapping a photo of it, and then remembering he can't post anything uh, Dude, on, on Instagram. To curb that impulse. What yeah. do you do, man? What do yeah, you do when, you, you... when you're staring at your feet with a beach beyond you? Like it is yeah. a compulsion to snap a photo. And I'm sure he has a he has a cup of youthberry tea next to him or cheap coffee because those are his I mean, two favorite. You can still snap a photo. That's the thing. Like 20 years ago, people would just snap the photo. I, yeah, I guess that's, that's true. Thing. And then he'll post it in April with the hashtag uh, #LaterGram. So yeah, I, this I is what I've been coming. doing. Like, I, I wonder if he'll do like a three month retrospective of his sabbat. Well, in photos, does does that take away from the unplugging if you're just storing up all of the data that you would have been sharing? Like in your mind, you're still. Plugged well, I don't in. know, man. What's the what's the law behind that? I mean, we're reform guys, so we say we're anti law, but we're great at creating. But we law, love so. systems and laws and rules and five. Oh, points do we of love law? So what's the law behind this? If you if you go on a social media sabbat slash a real sabbat, but then in April when you come back, you post all the sort of Instagrammy. My life is amazing pictures that right. you would have posted for three months. Does it count? Do you get credit for the sabbat is what I, I'm saying? Well, I think you – law number one is you only get credit if you announce that you're going on the sabbatical, which Ronnie did. Okay. He tweeted. Yeah. He said, I'm unplugging. So checked, good work. checked that yeah, box. Check That's that law box. number one. Um, yep. I think law number two is you're allowed to look at it periodically but not post on it, which there was a stretch where Ronnie was doing. I can't verify whether or not he's doing that now. So you can look. Mm-hmm. It's like look but don't touch. Yeah. Um, law number three is if you don't post, you, I think there's a certain amount you can post later. So maybe not endless posts, but like you could put together one of those like Instagram collages or something yeah. like that. Like here, here are various things that happen. Where you can like scroll through them. 
Yeah. Uh, law number four is if there is a pressing issue. So if there was a controversy or something right. like that, you're allowed to be like, hey, I'm taking a break from my sabbatical because the world, the world needs to know my take on this controversial thing. Absolutely. Uh, let's Absolutely. see. What would law number five be? Um, Dude, law number five. I, I'm going to oh, take a stab. At OK, it. go ahead, because I have one in mind as well. So maybe there's six laws, but go ahead. Oh, man, I want to I want to get yours. But I think law number five is when you come back from the sabbat. You could do one really beautiful photo, like uh, beach in the background, the crashing waves, the foot, the book, the coffee, and just write some like um, some some kind of caption about how grateful you are for the sabbat. Like I, I think that's that's okay. That yes. that doesn't negate the good work that you've done. That doesn't negate the works that right. you've uh, that you've done. I, yeah, I think I think that's a good one. So then now I guess that would mean law number six is. Um, and maybe this fits with yours. Maybe it's part of yours. Maybe it's all on number mm-hmm. five is is um, announcing your return from the sabbatical as yes, if dude. social media has waited with bated breath. Dude, you got to announce the return and it's got to be done in a faux, humble way. So, yeah, like so grateful for so great. The word grateful the, has to be in there. Yeah, it has to. And yeah. no, no hashtag blessed because that's nope. that's a little cheap. So, yep. uh, yeah, I think it has to be grateful. I think if you can use the word refreshed. Oh, refreshed, um, renewed. Yeah, renewed. That, that's a little. Yep. That, that's yeah. That's leaning more into like the spiritual side of things. Refreshed is like yeah. we expect to see you looking five years younger. The bags under your eyes have disappeared. Um, now well, Ronnie's going to look younger and scrawnier. We know that. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like Ronnie didn't really look exhausted to begin with. Like maybe he just uses really good like eye cream or something, but mm-hmm. he. He he didn't leave looking haggard, as far as I'm aware. So if he comes back, I want to know his refreshed. eye cream situation. I, I I wish you would get a, break the sabbat <laughs> just to post about that. I feel like that would be helpful. I, yeah, that's not quite controversial enough to break the sabbatical, but right. uh, maybe we can. I think we need to do a sabbatical recap at together. Oh, for the most rant. definitely. That could be at least a yes. whole episode, if not two. So yeah, we need a, <laughs> We need a big sabbatical recap. Some some photos right. of. Uh, the various restaurants where there were sports going on in the background. Right. I feel like Ronnie's just eating at a, at a variety of sports bars in, in the greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. And he, yeah. There's always a TV in the background, which is where he catches Super Bowl and Winter Olympics, both of which are behind yeah. us now. I'm sure he'll catch some some He'll spring, catch some spring training playoffs. Dodgers games, some NBA yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. He'll, he'll, he'll have a comment on each of those and no more. But yeah, sort it, of a sort of a, a disdainful comment, but a comment that indicates yes. he knows more about it than he's letting yeah, on. Yeah, clearly dismissive. Clearly, also paid a little bit more attention than he wants to than he wants to admit. So, in honor of Ronnie, though, and his mm-hmm. return, his his forthcoming return, if you use the code Ronnie in okay. buying your Together for the Rant tickets, you can get a twenty five percent discount, and that's only good for one week from the time of this release. So, this will release on a Monday and. It will end Sunday. So one week, use the code Ronnie and get 25% on your Together for the Rant ticket. So if you're thinking about it, I've seen a handful of people tweeting at one another like, hey, are you thinking about going? Yes, you are thinking about going, and this is Absolutely. going to push you over the edge into going. So let's, let's turn thinking into going. Yes. How's that for some sales talk? Pipes? Yeah, that's right. Getting to yes, I think that's that's what we're getting to yes. Always be closing. Always, you know, we're yes. a couple of we're a couple of shrewd businessmen. We're sharks. Coffee that's is for closers. Do. Ligaris coffee is for closers. Oh, so. dude, Ligaris coffee is for closers. You know what we need? We need a little meme of uh, like the the guys from Glen Gary, Glen Ross, like holding cups of Ligaris Roasters coffee. Make it make Same. it happen, listeners. 
Absolutely. Saying sales things. I, I want sales things being said. And we can, yes, we'll share them. We will, we will reshare them. We will say them. All right. And, and the last piece of business we have mentioned before, we have a Patreon page set up. That is where you can be a monthly supporter of the podcast financially. We have some people who have generously committed to a lot of money per month, you know, $15, $20. That, I think that's a lot monthly for a podcast. It's very generous. And we have some people who have committed $1 or $2 per month, which we are equally thankful for because you are showing support to us. If you sign up to be a Patreon supporter of the podcast, you will get free admission to Together for the Rant. So if you're already a supporter, you should have received a message offering you that code. Uh, if you are considering doing this or want to, Go ahead and sign up to do that. We Just out of gratefulness, we will send you a code for free tickets to Together for the Rant. Obviously, not everybody lives close by. That might be a trip. We understand that. But just want to make that available to you. So again, our, our three points of business, use the code RANT at Missionalware and get 10% off. Use the code RONNIE this week only to get 25% off on your Together for the Rant tickets. And if you sign up to be a Patreon supporter, you'll get free tickets to Together for the Rant. You can find all the information for this in the show notes or at happyrantpodcast.com. That way you don't have to remember all of the details in your very busy heads. Pipe, that last thing is huge. That's a huge value. According to Ron, that's like a $75 value. <laughs> Ron, yeah, Ronnie, <laughs> dude, a little, little talking behind Ronnie's back. He really thinks we should be charging like $65 for this Dude, yeah, this he podcast. thinks this thing is akin to like, like uh, Led Zeppelin at Wembley Stadium right. a few years ago. He's you like, know, what? Is- I, I've, I've paid like $600 for front row tickets to a concert. How is this any different? How is this any different? This is three hours of entertainment. So listeners, this is like, if, this if is you- like the who. If you yeah. would actually pay $600 for a front row ticket to this thing, please let us know and we'll, we will charge you accordingly. Um, if our current $15 price point with the 25% <laughs> discount available is more your speed, please also let us know that by buying Absolutely. a ticket. Thank you. Yeah, let us know by buying a ticket. That way we'll have some data to bring back to these business meetings with Ron where we can show that – that our way, $15 really is more sensible, I think. Than, yeah, because we're nothing sense. if not a data-driven podcast. Absolutely. We're data-driven. We're business. It's all about numbers, Pipe. And uh, you know what, Piper? We're, we're also artists, though. That's the thing. The three of us are artists. We're men of letters. And uh, I have an art dilemma to run by you. Um, you and I are both film guys. We love watching movies. We love to talk about movies. And we, we, you know, we tend to watch movies, I think, you and I, across the spectrum of, you know, everything from campy and fun to, like, you know, kind of high art is fair game. And, and we'll take mm-hmm. a look at these movies and talk about them. But I saw a picture last night that, um, that, that sort of defined a genre for me. The picture is Wind River. Um, it's written by Taylor Sheridan. He wrote Sicario. You know, he kind of writes these, these dark, desolate epics about the American West. And I had heard from a variety of smart people that I needed to see the movie Wind River. So Wind River stars Jeremy Renner. Um, it takes place in Wyoming, but not like romantic Wyoming, not like the mountains represent how life is vast and beautiful. Not mm-hmm. that Wyoming, like like loneliness and despair and desolation, Wyoming. And, um, you know, it has the the quintessential sort of art action film, like horrible, uncomfortable rape scene that almost makes you turn the movie off. And then a, a semi unsatisfying revenge narrative and uh, a, a romantic subplot that's so fin- thinly veiled as to almost not be there. Um, these are all the ingredients for kind of the the art house action picture. Is, and it occurred is there a healthy amount of, or I should say, an unhealthy amount of substance abuse involved? I haven't seen yes. it, but I'm just assuming that that has to be a a feature of this film, sort of running throughout. Almost oh, definitely, substance abuse is a is, is a is a stock 
character in these these kind of art action movies. So you have to see people ruining their lives in sad ways. Um, and, and it had that. And so at the end of the movie, it was very good. Um, it was very beautifully shot. Uh, the characters were well rendered. It was interesting in all the ways that great films are supposed to be interesting. But my wife and I both left the, the picture feeling like it, it sucked. It, it really actually sucked. And we had the feeling of having had watched a movie that sucked. And in fact, we would never be watching it again. But, you know, on paper, it was this great movie. So it begs the question, Pipe, I know you haven't seen Wind River, but what are some movies like this for you that are like quantifiably great films, but that, that you think suck? Um, I feel like uh, this is going to be an unpopular opinion. I feel like Daniel Day-Lewis's career might be wow. made up of these movies in large part. He's been in Dude, some he's been in some doozies, but like uh like Gangs of New York. Sure, terrible was, movie. Was just mm-hmm. like yeah, I mean he is a phenomenal actor. Uh mm-hmm. Leo has I mean at his peak, he's phenomenal. He can also be a complete dud periodically. Yeah. Um but like the movie as a whole was just crappy. Like it was depressing, yeah. it was debauched. Yep. It was yeah, it just it took that a was real- in Scorsese's "I'm Not Editing My Movies" phase, yeah. in which every movie he made was three and a half Wait, hours. Was long. that a phase? Well, it's 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 just. I feel yeah, like that's what happens in perpetuity now. Right. It's it's it. Yeah. He he entered the same phase of his career that like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino did, where they like made excellent movies and then they're like, "I give up. Give me a check." Um, yeah. That yeah. yeah. So it was kind of that. Um, but I, I feel like that one was was similar to that. Um, what else? There's, there's. I'm trying to think. There's a few. Dude, others. I've got another one. While you're thinking, okay, this is going to be unpopular as well because this is sort of a. This movie is kind of a darling among yeah. uh, smart people of a certain age who who kind of consider themselves film people. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. I hate Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction I hate sucks. Pulp Fiction too, dude. I'm so glad to hear you say that because I feel like such a. I feel like such a wuss basically when I say that I hate Pulp Fiction because all these like kind of swaggery intellectual yeah. '90s guys are like, oh, Pulp Fiction, man, it's the greatest thing ever. Dude, I hate it. I just don't enjoy watching it. And, yeah, and no. why would I ever watch it again? No, I I thought I, another. Here's another one. Cr- uh, was it Crash? Okay, yeah. Cra- Crash was a. Yeah, you know, I think it even won. I don't know if it won Best Picture. I think it did. Um, Dude, Crash is so '90s. Even though it, I don't think it came out in the '90s. And it just like it was like this ham-handed way of dealing with really complex, yeah. sensitive things, where. Uh-huh. And again, you look at it and you're like, man, the ingredients are so good and yeah. the the execution is so bad. Dude, I've got another one like that that won Oscars and it's the 90s movie, American Beauty. Oh. Dude, do you remember American oh. Beauty? That was a movie where – OK. So that was hugely popular when I was in college. Yeah, and same. By, by again, these – you know, the, the, the film people. Yeah. That and Requiem for a Dream was another one. Um, I feel like but both of those are that that very specific era when I was in you know when I was in college, and I tried really hard to like those movies because yeah. because I you know I'm like okay I want I want to understand these film people they're you know they're my next door neighbors in the dorm sure. let's be sure. friends and uh, and and in the end I was like you know what I I couldn't do it I can't do it these are just not good movies they give me headaches Dude, so I went and saw American Beauty. When I think it was when I was a student, so I would have been like a senior, and I went and saw it with like the rock star ponytailed philosophy prof on our campus because it's it's a long story involving like mutual friends, but suffice it to say that 
I started out not liking this guy just sort of out of principle because he was the long haired ponytailed rock star philosophy prof. And I came around to like getting to know him and actually really liking him. So we went and saw American Beauty at the time. He was probably in his early 30s. And I was, you know, whatever age you are when you're a senior, so 20 or 21 or whatever. And we both thought it was the most amazing, like deep thing we had ever seen. And I think we even like took our wives slash girlfriends to see it like two nights later again in the theater because we were so like blown away by it. And then a decade happened and I watched it like a decade later and I was like, oh, my gosh, this thing's a turd. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so ham-fisted. Like, it's so 90s in, in its earnestness. And then it's like being convinced that that it is solving all the world's problems. Um, I hated it. And, and it's, I it's sheer I, Kevin Spacey-ness. Oh, it's sheer Kevin Spacey-ness. And I wonder if my ponytail friend feels the same way now. I'd like to reach out to him and see if he's viewed American Beauty see, in the this last is, like, this 10 is years. This is one of the reasons why I'm reluctant to reread or re- rewatch anything that I did like. Because I'm yeah. afraid of ruining things that I enjoyed 15 yeah. years ago. Now, those – the ones you're mentioning, I did not enjoy 15 years ago. There yeah. was one – this is also why I, re, I try really hard not to have an opinion about a con, like a complex movie for, yeah. for like 48 hours after seeing it. Because almost inevitably, my, my thoughts sort of settle where yeah. if I came out thinking that was trash, sometimes it stays that way. Sometimes I come mm-hmm. away and I find some other things. I'm like, you know what? That – Maybe there's some things I missed. Other yeah. times I come out thinking that was really good, and then I then it settles, and I'm like, no, no, it was really bad. Like, yeah. Oh, here's another one, uh, The Revenant. Oh, dude, The Revenant. Okay, so, I haven't seen it. Piper. I think. Lay that I one think. On me. So I th- we may have even discussed this. The Revenant was one. Well, first of all, they gave uh, acting awards to a guy who who grunted and growled the whole film. He, sure. like, like his 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 spectrum of act his spectrum of acting was basically uh, almost dead to yeah. to growling. Dude, okay, I feel like that's a thing because Renner kind of got the same sort of love for Wind River, and in Wind River, like he was he was riding around on snowmobiles and like stalking people and animals through the mm-hmm. woods, and all of his dialogue was like very mumbly. It was sort of like. He's so blue collar and, yeah. and and like a man of the earth that all he can do is kind of mumble words out. Yeah, and, just, uh, it, it, it was incomprehensible. I, I was frustrated by that. I do not understand critics' affinity for bleak movies. Yeah, they like, love the bleak. Yeah, I mean, like the the opposite of this would be something like Manchester by the Sea, which was bleak in its in its uh, aesthetic, but like mm-hmm. there was humor and there was humanity, yeah. and the characters had depth, and like you actually liked the characters. Sure, sure. All of these other movies are like, nope, hate that person, don't care about that character, that guy's annoying, that guy's boring, just yeah. across the board, without fail, and yet they get critically acclaimed, I think because, they have, because they're pretty pictures. Yeah, exactly, and Wind River was a little bit better on the character level. Like, I really did like Renner's character, and, and the woman who played opposite him was pretty compelling, but it was one of those mixed message movies in that, like... The poster for Wind River was a picture of Renner with like a shotgun slung over his shoulder. So you got the sense that it was going to be like like an A-whipping Renner action movie. And um, instead it was like a really difficult art film with like five minutes of Renner A-whipping in the end. And um, yeah, it was it was just kind of like a bait and switch sort of deal. But yeah. dude, can we can we talk about Jeremy Renner for a second just yes. as a commodity? I, I was actually going to ask you because I I'm I'm very curious your opinion of said actor. Dude, okay, so I'm a Renner fan. I think Renner is 
not handsome and not a leading man, but he's really compelling to look at. Like he's an interesting looking dude. And my so my favorite peak runner for me is The Town. Have you seen The Town, Ben Affleck? Um, it's like a, a heist movie. Yeah, I, I liked it because Ben Affleck directs good movies. I'll, however, I didn't love his performance in it. No, uh, his Affleck's, not Renner's. Dude, I loved Renner's in it. Renner plays to me like the most believable South Boston dirtbag imaginable. Like his character was was riveting in the town. And uh, like I, I, I think that kind of thing is his wheelhouse, actually. Um, and he's done a lot of big budget things. He's done a lot of like. I don't know comic book stuff. And yeah, he did Mission a, Impossible. Yeah, he did the trash. he did a Born spinoff, which was entertaining. Yeah. If I liked you know, it, it was eye candy. I'm one of like three people in the in the world yeah, who I, liked I his was, Born movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, he yeah, plays yeah. he plays Hawkeye or Clint in all of the Marvel movies. So he's like a yeah. he's like a bit uh, Agents of Shield guy. Um, yeah. But again, fun character, kind of witty. That sort of sarcastic, smug. You know, dude, I feel like you haven't made it as a superhero. If they if they put a bow and arrow in your hands, like if you have to shoot a bow and arrow, you just haven't made it. You know what I mean? Now, to be um, fair, he makes fun of himself for that in the movies. Does like he, he? That's good. Like he just he he sort of it's sort 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 of this self deprecating like yeah I realize that we're facing aliens who are shooting atomic like laser beams at people and I'm armed with a bow and arrow and this is ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. So there's there's for a sure. level of self deprecation there that makes it amusing. Pipe, speaking of self-deprecation, I want to I want to shift gears here ever so slightly and uh, and talk about something that you brought up, which is uh, the the I don't I don't even know what the word is. I'm a word man and I'm I'm at a loss. But uh, just the the sheer volume of therapy animals that we see out and about now and um, serenity I, now. <laughs> I want you to talk about this because I think the. I think the criteria for what it takes to get a therapy animal has gone way down in the last few years. I don't have like empirical data to, to support this, but I think, I think kind of all you have to do is say, I need a therapy animal. Yeah. The the criteria is we're afraid to tell people they're being stupid. Okay. And so if somebody comes and says, I need my Shih Tzu on a plane or I'm going to, you know, suck my thumb and wet myself, people are like, Oh, by all (laughs) means, take this little yapping monster on a plane with you. Dude, and right. Instead of going, um, maybe maybe you should take a train, or like see a, like see a human therapist who can actually help you with your problems, um, or take a Xanax like a lot of people do. Yeah, just knock you know? yourself out. Like, yeah, yeah, take here's here's a, a small bottle of of Jack Daniels. Here's a couple <laughs> antidepressants. The flight will be great. Enjoy yourself. Um, I just like, these are. To be I, fair, Baptist community, we're not advocating that. We're being right. sarcastic in this moment. About the, about the Jack Daniels, everything else exactly. I'm dead serious about. Everything else we're being serious about except the Jack Daniels. <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything about that. Um, That's right. But no, and so I was on a plane the other day, and like, well, I'm on the plane fairly regularly for work, and you walk through the airport, and you know, it used to be that you would see the periodic like sedate, stately golden retriever Dude, the or big, German yeah, the shepherd. Big sedate German shepherd. Man. They, it looks they have, like he's just they have yeah, the harness, the and and usually they have like a they have like a the harness that says like do not pet dog is working. Yeah. The the leash on them is usually like it you know if it's if it's for a person who can't see if it's for a blind person so there's a there's like yeah. a, it's like a bar so that the dog can guide them sure. or it's a very short leash so that they can sort of like it's an actual assistance dog. Now yeah. you see those same things on a dog that essentially looks like a dust mop with legs. Yeah, and and I'm like th- that dog doesn't help anybody do anything. Like that's yeah. that's a that's a barking rodent. Like that's dude right. So it looks like it's. 
going to the airport now is like going to the Humane Society. It's like going to the zoo. Well, it's like you know? it's like going to the Westminster Kennel Club because they're all like <laughs> they're all, they're all like high end dogs. You don't you don't Dude, see, they are you don't see like some like mutt with two different colored eyes like with Dude, you know no, it's like mangy hair. Is a therapy dog, but the, the mutts are the nicest one, dude. I grew up with like mutt dogs in my house, and they oh, were yeah. they were so nice. And they don't have health problems. Like if we want, right. like you, yeah, if, if you find if you go to the Humane Society and you find a, a puppy of indeterminate breed, yeah. get that puppy because. They're, he's they're, going to be super pumped to see you. Yeah, he's going super, to be super excited friendly. to see you. They're, they're, nobody's going to be impressed. They're not going to be like, oh, that's a beautiful dog. But you know what? Yeah. That dog will live five years younger, five years longer than their, you know, purebred whatever. And it won't get hip dysplasia and you won't spend $4,000 at the vet every year for whatever yeah. stomach issue. Getting a hip has. replacement for your dog. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, dude. Oh, I just, couldn't agree more. I don't, yeah. So I, I actually had a friend who at one point was was trying to figure out how to get her dog to be considered a therapy dog just so she could fly it for free. There you go. Because she's like, otherwise I got to put it up at a kennel, otherwise this and that. And I'm like, I mean, if you're yeah, trying to game drag. the system, that's I, I think that's really just what this comes down to is people are like, well, I don't trust my dog with friends and I don't want to pay for it to go to a kennel. Um, yeah. Or I don't have any friends who will take my little yapping dust mop. And right. so I'm going to call it a therapy dog and then, then it can fly for free. So here's my question is, does this extend beyond dogs? Like, could I do Dude, like that, a therapy cockatoo? That was my question, man. And does it, does it even extend beyond animals? So what if I went to my employer and said, you know what? I really need a therapy cigar every afternoon as I'm grading papers <laughs> in my office. <laughs> which like, which is like actually would, what every cigar is. Dude, right. It would, it would tamp down the anxiety. I would feel more comfortable. I mean, it's not a dog. It's not going to shed all over the place. Nobody's going to. Well, somebody could be allergic to it, I guess, but but I don't know. I, I feel like a therapy cigar is a very reasonable thing for me to ask for. Well, yeah, and that's well. That, okay, so that that brings into question, like, if I have a serious allergy to canines, yeah. and you want to bring your therapy dog on a plane, dude, right? My my lady's allergic to dogs. That would be miserable for her, right? And like that seems problematic to me. Whereas, let's let's take it to the therapy cigar. Uh, mm-hmm. The, or th- therapy vaping, you know, let's, yeah. let's extend this out a little bit. Like smoking is illegal on a plane. So, yeah. but if you need it for therapy, does, does the FAA regulations trump my personal need? Apparently like this, this all becomes very confusing if we extend this out to its logical conclusion, which is basically I get whatever I need for therapy. Exactly. Exactly. Which begs the question, Piper, maybe you and I are the idiots for not taking advantage of this in some way. Well, I'll tell you like another having, thing. I don't ever want to fly with my dog. I love my dog. No. She's great. But there's no yeah. way in anything I'd want to take her on a plane with me. Dude, dogs are kind of like toddlers. Like you go on a plane trip to kind of get away from it for yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, leaving yeah. a dog in a kennel is is like – yeah, it's like it's like leaving your kids with the grandparents. It's really, Absolutely. really nice. Yep, yep, exactly. Sorry, man. That was my phone going off. No worries. You're a busy man. I'm a busy man. And you know what? This this podcast serves us. I need a I need a therapy item. I need Piper. You and I need some kind of therapy something. Hmm. And maybe maybe this should be the nature of the swag that people bring us in live in Louisville. Um, Some sort of therapeutic item that we can that we can use and foist it on other people, but but have it serve us. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would like that, and I would like our listeners to to give that some thought. Like a but, like uh, a like a therapy boombox, you know, like in the eighties and early nineties, <laughs> people would carry that boombox over their shoulder. Like I need on their shoulder. Yeah, no regard for. I need like else. therapy Beastie Boys. 
dude, yes, I need my therapy beastie boys. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk around in my unlaced Adidas with a huge tongue and uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna put this huge boom box on my shoulder and you're just all gonna have to live with it. Um I love that motif in the eighties, by the way. Um and nobody nobody ever addressed that in eighties pop culture. Like the like what would happen if you know, if you and I were walking down the streets in opposite directions and we we cross paths with our respective boom boxes. You just yeah, like, you just turn them up. It's like yeah. a, it's like a it's like a battle of the bands as you go by each other who who has who has better speakers on there. Who has better speakers? We both D battery powered uh, cassette yeah. cassette boom boxes. We both lose our hearing, but we retain our pride. That's right. You know that kind of thing. The the the, the links that men will go to to uh, <laughs> to one up one another. Dude, speaking of, I was in I was in a social setting recently. This this is off script again. But uh, <laughs> every time you say social setting, I get just a little bit of anxiety for you. Dude, yeah, I do too. I get anxiety for me in, in, in these things as well. But Piper, you're going to be very sad when I lay this situation on you because it's going to be – it's going to indicate something about me that I don't necessarily want you or the audience to know. But um, the thing is my wife and I are involved in a, in a monthly soup night in which a few couples get together for soup and we eat soup and we have conversation. And to me, this is just this is this is like mile marker number one in my descent into like no longer being a man. Yeah, you know well, what I mean. Or just, like or just a retirement. Dude, like when, right. when whatever, I hear soup, I, I, I think one of I think one of three things. I think yeah. illness. Yeah. I think yeah. soup kitchen. Yes. Or I think old people. Now yes, none of them are good. Old and, people like gumming down some soup because yeah. they can't handle anything else. Yeah, you need you need you need those noodles boiled to sheer mush so you can get them down. <laughs> none of those connotations are good, and it's just yeah, it's it's just proof of my, you know, whatever whatever I had in me that was vital and alive, and proof that I used to be a contender. Like that's that's slowly like ebbing away, but but that's not the point. So there's there's another dude. <laughs> it might be the point actually. It might be the point. There's another dude in our soup night that like with whom I kind of have like verbal repartee that that borders on aggressive. Like it makes it makes other people in the room feel weird the way this guy kind of comes at me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, and and I don't think anything of it because honestly, like as a dude and an athlete and a coach, like like busting chops is just what you do. So um, like I truly didn't think anything of it. And then a couple days later, like somebody explained to me like the, the, the dynamic of the room, which is just that this dude kind of needs to be the alpha. And I was like, I hadn't noticed, but now that you mention it, that's a fascinating like male thing. And so my question to you pipe is what do you do when you're in a male on like a guy on guy situation and the other guy has to be the alpha? Like, do you just, do you let him be it? Uh, if it's like, if it's a group of people, Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm the kind of I think I'm I'm the kind of guy. I mean, there have been times in my life where I would go just, you know, head to head with that guy. And and usually that's me at my worst because yeah. like I lose whatever clever dry edge I might have and I just become an a-hole. Um Yeah, yeah. Not not a good look for anybody. I would like to see that Piper in a social setting. Yeah, so maybe we can make that happen. <laughs> it gets ugly. It has to yeah, and usually it has to be somebody who I'm just sick of. Like mm-hmm. I'm just tired of this person's mouth. Mm-hmm. Um usually I'm the guy who just sort of lets them go and I make I make like underhanded comments snide comments to, about to tear down whatever dumb thing they just said to the people around me. So I'm like the yeah. I'm like the peanut gallery who is seeking to undermine alpha because of because you know just like I will I will covertly stick pins in his large ego to deflate it. 
Yeah, I dig that, man. That's a that's a interesting role to play. Yeah, and I found myself like wondering, like, because I think sometimes when I'm in the in the room with these, you know, kind of Neanderthal types who have to be the alpha, like I, I usually just concede it. I'm usually just like, yeah, whatever, you know, I'll 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 let you have your thing. But it's kind of I'm not gonna lie, it's made Soup Night more interesting. So next next time we have it, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thinking about this stuff. But Pipe, we have a little bit of time for one more topic. Um, and th- this was another one of yours, and I think it's really interesting. It's when people use the phrase "it's a sin issue" or "it's a gospel issue" to oversimplify tragedies. And my question to you is, like, what were you, what were you thinking about specifically when you when you dropped that as a topic? Well, it this comes up, uh, you know, in my in my online interactions, probably six times, seven times a year, anytime there's a significant tragedy. So most recently it was the shooting at Parkland High School in uh, in Florida. Uh, ran into the same thing with various uh, police shootings and racially motivated uh, protests and riots and all these, just these things that are massively complex, um, that are heinously evil, like these are things that we can all agree on. This is so there's nothing yeah. nothing controversial about what I'm saying. There is evil, right. they are complex, and and inherently people are trying to boil them down to a single issue. So with the the high school shooting, you have people trying to boil it down to just take the guns away, you know. Yeah. Which is I I have thoughts on gun control. I do not think that that is the solution. I think there are, there are things that should be done that would be a piece of a solution. But yeah. I and I address some of these things about why the access to guns by you know is a is a problem. But I didn't say it was yeah. the problem. I didn't say it would solve all future crimes. And the number of people who responded and were like, you know, this is this is clearly just a sin issue by this guy. Like the only way that this is gonna stop is if the Lord trans you know uh transforms people's hearts. And and like it's hard for me to just tell those people to be quiet. Because yeah. they're not wrong. Like this is clearly an issue of sin. However, it is a stupid comment. Yeah. You know, and when people talk about racism and they're like, what's a gospel issue? I'm like, yes. So is everything that's wrong with the world. So yeah, absolutely. That it's just not helpful. So when people are trying to come up with a solution or debate different sides of something in a in a fruitful way, not not an antagonistic way. Yeah. And you're like, what's well, just a gospel issue? Like, you have just shut down a conversation because what you're saying is, pray about it, tell people about Jesus, and all of the complex moral issues in the world will be solved. Which Dude, that is was that was my asinine. question. Like, yeah, do you think it's just a it's a free like get out of conversation free card essentially? I think it's a, which, yeah, it's it's a it's a get out of contemplation free card. Interesting, interesting. Because yeah, I because it's fine. real. It's real exhausting to sit here and try to think through how do we stop crazy people from walking into schools and shooting children. Right. It's an issue that does not lend itself to, you know, 185 characters on Twitter or whatever. Like it's an issue that requires like lots of deep thought and conversation. And yeah, you can't just sort of one off an answer. But sadly, we live in a one off the answer kind of culture. And, and, um, and my my beef is the number of like church leaders who say things like this because it's yeah it is essentially like it's also a, it's a get out of preaching free card it's a mm-hmm. it's a get out of teaching free card it's a get out of hard conversations like as you said I mean it's just it is a it's a thing that you say 
And then all yeah. of a sudden, it, in the Christian world, anything I say sounds like I'm saying, yeah, but it's not the gospel. Yeah, I'm against right, the gospel. Right. Yeah, I don't believe in like that's the way it comes. Any response I give comes back that way, and yeah. it's 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 essentially conversational blackmail. Like yeah, you, you laid this thing is. down and said, and like you can't say anything else because I've said sin and gospel. Yeah. And if you say anything, you're denying sin and gospel. When in so reality, now I'm, I'm yeah. holding this conversation hostage indefinitely. Right. Yeah, and yeah. it's yeah. So I think it's lazy. I think it's I think it's thoughtless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and none of this is to say that these are not profoundly sinful, you yeah. know, gospel related things. But you are not proposing a single useful counterpoint or solution when you say that and that's why that's why i get just frustrated when people throw that out because it's like well and mute you know what what are we supposed to do now dude i i have to ask you man just just by way of a question and and you know i I think ron and i are both careful not to like lay stuff like this on you too often in the program but but i'm curious as john piper's kid and john piper being sort of the, the king of reformed preaching, how would he handle these, these big hot button social issues like a school shooting from the pulpit? Because you get some reform guys who are like, well, you know, it's time for, you know, the next week's chapter in Matthew, and we're just going to keep plowing through it. And, and, you know, I'm going to kind of put my head down and uh, pretend it didn't happen or, but then you get, you know, the other end of that spectrum. I was just curious how your dad handled that. You know, it's it's interesting. He, from the pulpit, he was not as vocal during my growing mm-hmm. up years, he would handle it more on the writing side of things. So article, you know, it used yeah. to be like magazine articles and stuff. Now it's just the Desiring God website. And sure. he's had a lot to say about a lot of things, race and politics and violence and pacifism and, you know, very, very divisive things. Some of which I yeah. agree with, some of which I wish he wouldn't say. Um, right. And, but I'm glad I he I think says a lot that. of which makes the kind of traditional reformed community uncomfortable though. Right. Because it, in a sense, he's showing his social cards in a way that, like, they don't like. Yeah, he's he is refusing to to abide by it's a gospel issue and right. and just you know so let's move on to John six you know yeah like he's he is addressing them as a Christian in the world and that's like that aspect of it I is one of my favorite things about the way that he handles his role. As, as an influencer and as a, you know, as a theologian and as a, as a public Christian. Um, yeah. And it, it doesn't even matter if I agree with him. I'm just glad to see a 70 something white evangelical who will attack an issue and not brush it under the rug, not attach himself to a political party and, uh, <clears throat> and not use some sort of cop out, you know, Oh, it's a sin issue. Let's all pray about it again, not cheapening the power of prayer, but saying that there is a Absolutely. responsibility alongside our responsibility to pray. So, uh, but I, I don't remember him saying a ton from the pulpit early on. Although I think later in his pastoral career, he, uh, I think he sort of reached the point where he's like, "What are they going to do? Uh-huh. I'm old and say whatever yeah. I want." And so he, that's yeah, a, he was that's a, a wonderful age to be. And I'm getting there because I'm going to soup you're, night. Yeah, you're you at know. soup night. Well, if you're going to soup night, I think it means you've given up and you you just you just at some point you're just going to be sucking on a straw and yeah. sitting in a wheelchair. So good luck with that. Two or three years tops. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing the, the, uh, the, the program while sucking on a straw. But, uh, but pipe, I'm in total agreement about your dad, and uh, and and there it is. We both like your dad. So I do like uh, my dad. Just to make clear, I think there are some people who think I don't like him, and that's not true. 
No, no, it's not true at all. And, and your dad um, made a list that um, that we failed to talk about again on the program. We've been teasing this thing for months, Piper, and, uh, and I feel confident that one of these days at Jared C. Wilson, um, we are going to get uh, to your list of top 125 uh, gospel-centered What's that? How many? How many was on the list? Was it one twenty five? Buck twenty five, right? Okay, I don't. Am I wrong about that? I was either a hundred. It was either a hundred or one hundred twenty five. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a hundred or one hundred twenty five. The, the the last name on the list is very interesting, but uh, but we will get to that in a future episode because we have done what we always do, pipe on this program, which is that we have wandered to and fro, and until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. And oftentimes, you know, you're chasing happiness, but you don't know that God is the best way to achieve the happiness you're looking for. And so I was trying to end my suffering by sinning, but I only ended up sinning my way into more suffering. That was Grammy winner Lecrae unpacking his testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.